Hello, everyone. Welcome to the BLD Podcast. My name is Stephen McCarthy, joined here by my co-host, Justin Bauman. Uh, pardon my voice. Earlier this week, I did not have one, and that lasted for five days, much to the delight of my fiance and my family and friends. But we are here. We are back. Um, we've got a lot to cover. The NFL draft is approximately a week away, and free agency, we need to touch on that as well. Um, Justin, what would you like to talk about today? Let's, uh, you know how I love the draft, and I believe it's the greatest sporting event in the world. Um, so obviously, I want to get down deep into that about some prospects to look at, uh, especially for the Buffalo Bills from their perspective. Um, but let's dive into free agency, man. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, we're going to go quarter number one. We're going to talk about free agency. And, you know, the Bills made more moves than anyone, any other team in the NFL. And credit to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott in the front office. They really filled a lot of holes. They had a lot of depth, and they really corrected a lot of issues that were pretty apparent last season. And I think none b- bigger than the offensive line. And, you know, they went out and they made Mitch Morse the – Highest paid center in the league for good reason. He is a very large man. He's about 6'6", probably 3'10". Um, former tackle, so you know he moves well. He's got quick feet. And he's going to be the experienced center that Josh Allen grows with. And I think that's huge for a young quarterback and to build some camaraderie and to have that anchor up front. Yeah, and um, I mean, it can't be overstated how important it is to um, – to protect that man so he uh he took a lot of hits now granted he liked to run quite a bit so um some of those hits were uh unwarranted when you talk about the offense line but you know security doesn't just stop with the offense line so um they did a great job of adding weapons outside and from the slot um with john brown on the outside and cole beasley from the slot so uh i think they'll both be great additions con- considering that he was throwing to Ray Ray McLeod and, and Zay Jones, um, the, the game we went to versus Detroit. So uh, anything's an upgrade over those two right now, um, but also the addition of, of Tyler Croft at tight end and Frank Gore in the backfield adds stability and um, adds a bit of, of oomph to the uh, run game. Yeah, and you know, adding as much depth as they did along the offensive line allows them to do a lot in the draft, which we will touch on, but... You know, they added guys like Spencer Long, Ty Neshecki, Leron J. Waddle. Um, I think they added two or three more on top of that. Jill, so, uh, John Feliciano. Yeah, from the Raiders, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah the so yep. they added a lot of depth. And, you know, not all these guys are going to be starters. Um, right now, if I had to guess, it would probably be Dawkins at left tackle, Teller at left guard, Morris at center. Probably Spencer Long at right guard, and then Tyner Secchi at right tackle. And I think that's a good starting point. You know, you've got some experience there. You've got some younger guys in there that you're trying to bring along. And giving Josh Allen every opportunity to succeed is what is really important. And you touched on the receivers. You touched on Tyler Croft. But giving him time to throw because he's a guy that might need a little extra time processing back there and he needs a clean pocket and you know getting him the help that he needs in both positions are going to be really good and it allows the bills to open up what they want to do in the draft and i think that's really important and they got a lot of these guys on really good deals for the team not just good players but good deals as well 
Yeah, that's something I wanted to touch on. Um, two things. Two things about what you said there. Uh, one, you have to protect the man just because uh, he's going to take time to process, and there is no bigging, uh, bigger learning curve uh, than year two for NFL quarterback. We've seen it recently uh, with you know Dak Prescott's play has declined, and uh, Deshaun Watson's another one. Um, it's the, once there's film out there on you, teams learn. Um, you know, when you give great minds, great defensive minds, uh, an off season to watch you, obviously there's going to figure out ways, you know, figure out tendencies and figure out ways. So the bills kind of had to counteract that and they're smart enough to understand that. I mean, they, they coach the NFL as well, so they understand the process. So, um, there you go. Process number one. Uh, so what they, so what they did was they, they brought in a whole new, whole new flow of, of athletes to kind of break tendency because obviously you can't blitz to the left side anymore just because uh, they added depth on the uh, offensive line. So their lines obviously can look a little different. Um, so they did a great job of signing people to break those tendencies and to um, give cause to pause those defensive guys that are watching Josh Allen. So uh, hopefully that'll, that'll, that'll help the learning curve quite a bit. And two, what you said, they, they signed these guys. Um, and what, you know, what can't be understated is to what they signed eight guys to. They didn't go out and sign the big name guys. That's, that's where teams lose free agency when they go out and they get the big fish. Uh, the Washington Redskins always fall into this trap where they sign Pierre Garçon to a $60 million deal. And he only plays two years, Albert Hainsworth to a hundred million dollar deal. Um, winning free agency isn't about, getting that big fish it's about uh supplying your roster with as many great players as possible so they had a great great depth um plus majority of those guys are on short-term contracts so they're going to play hard they're going to want a bigger contract and if they don't play well the bills have a ton of uh salary cap to hit up next free agency as well right and i think that's super important moving forward like you look at a team like the jets that i mean they grossly overpaid for cj mosley they gave a lot of guaranteed money to Le'Veon Bell, who, granted, took a year off, but he's a running back. You don't really give long-term or lots of money to running backs. And they threw a ton of money at Anthony Barr, and it almost stuck, but he ended up going back to Minnesota. So you look at a team like that that had all that cap space, and they went after the big names. And is that going to work out for them in a couple of years? I mean, we'll see. But I like the Bills' cap structure moving forward more than I do like the Jets and other teams because they're so smart with their deals. And I just want to touch on the cornerbacks real quick because last year the Bills, you know, going into the season they had Vontae Davis and Trey White and they were going to be the one-two corners. And then Taron Johnson was going to be the slot corner. Well, Vontae Davis retired. Taron Johnson got hurt. And then uh, who was the Gaines guy? No, EJ Gaines was here two years ago. Right, Levi they, Wallace did a great job of stepping up. They had well. Philip Gaines last year. That's who I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, Philip Gaines from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, so they had him, and he was inconsistent. He got hurt, so they were very thin. And then eventually, Levi Wallace, an undrafted free agent, became the starter. But I'm glad they weren't just satisfied with an undrafted free agent playing well. They went out. They re-signed EJ Gaines, which is great because when he was here, he played well. They signed Kevin Johnson, who's a fir- former first-round pick, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I think they made one or two more signings along there, but they added depth. And so at a position where a lot of those guys keep getting hurt, they added guys and they added experience. And they had, especially in EJ Gaines, a guy they know that fits into their system. So I'm very pleased with the way they 
address the corner cornerback position, and I think that's going to be an even bigger strength going forward. And again, those guys are almost all on one-year deals, but they all have talent. They're all former first or second round picks, and they're hungry. They're still young. They want to prove themselves. They want to get a big payday coming up next offseason. So I think that signing those guys is really, really important, and it's going to help moving forward. So that is the end of quarter number one. That's our free agency recap. We're going to dive into our favorite I I don't know off season tradition in the NFL draft and Justin this is your expertise this is your baby so why don't you uh, lead us off and tell us some of the guys you like for day one of the draft uh, before we get any further we grossly overstepped we forgot to mention one of my favorite players in the NFL uh, Quentin Spain was signed as well so oh that is right yes so sorry about that he'll he'll be he'll be the right guard uh, over Spencer Long no yeah. doubt. Quentin Spain is an absolute mauler, um, so he's going to do a great job and, uh, securing the middle. <coughs> Excuse me, great catch by you because yeah. that was such a – like it just happened out of nowhere. Like I didn't even know he was on the free agency market. He was just sitting there for two or three weeks after free agency started, and he's a guy that was undrafted, and he worked his way up to being a starter, and he's another guy that's on a one-year deal. So, And yeah. he's still relatively young. He's probably 27, 28, so you give – him some starting time and let him earn a paycheck for the next couple of years. I mean, he you have a young but experienced offensive line at the same time, and you're you're not getting Ryan Groy who started a few games here or there. You're not getting Vlad Dukas who did the same same with John Miller. Like you're getting a bunch of guys that are veterans that have started, that have seen time, that have been reliable. So that's a great yeah. catch by you. Yeah. Good call. All right, but, sorry, Quinn. Um, yeah, so obviously with the draft coming up, um, all the focus has been on uh, round one and what the Bills are going to do at nine. Are they going to trade up? Are they going to trade back? Are they going to stay there? Are they going to let the board fall to them? Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple names that I've seen mocked to the Bills and I've seen uh, attached to Bills um, uh, invites. So um, they just had um, – Ed Oliver come to Buffalo. Uh, he's obviously been a hot name, a hot topic. Uh, it's crazy how these prospects jump up and up and down the um, the, the board just because of uh, meetings and maybe all of a sudden the media is finally getting an eye on them, so now they're getting more. But Ed Oliver has been steady. I thought he was the best player coming out for the draft two years ago. Um, if he entered last year's draft, he should have been in the top five pick, um, but he couldn't, obviously, so he comes out this year. I thought he's the second-best player in the draft behind Quentin Williams, um, so getting him at nine obviously offers some great value. Yeah. Uh, then there's the offensive tackles with Jawan Taylor, uh, Jonah Williams, and Andre Dillard. Uh, I wouldn't mind you know, Taylor at nine. <laughs> maybe, maybe if he could trade back and pick up Dillard. He's a great um, athletic uh, tackle that can grow into um, a pro bowler, I think. So his his measurables definitely add up. Plus his play on film uh, is very underrated. He does a great job of setting his feet and, and, and throwing the hands as, as well as anyone in the draft. Um, and then, you know, there's the tight ends. I know you like TJ Hawkinson, but I, I want do. to talk about Noah Fant. Yeah. Um, he stop it. He uh, he's the definition of an offensive weapon. Now I know Aaron Hernandez is remembered for um, obviously the off the field stuff, Too soon. but uh, he reminds me of a lot of 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 Aaron Hernandez, but a bigger version of him. When Aaron Hernandez played for the Patriots, he was almost unstoppable, just like Gronk was. Um, so 
Noah Fant does a great job of moving. Once he has the ball, he's great at yak, as they say. Mm. Um, and I think he could be a weapon the Bills haven't had in uh, decades. I can't think of the last uh, tight end that we had. Jay Remershma, maybe, Mark is the Campbell. last. Mark Campbell. Oh, God. So, those, I mean, those he could be the first tight end in Bills history to actually impose a threat on the secondary quite like no other. Um, I think – we're doing Scott Chandler a great disservice by not mentioning his name. Stop. Okay. Um, you're right. I'm a big Hawkinson guy. Uh, to compare Fant to Hernandez, that's fair because I think they're both more athletic and more shifty, whereas guys like Hawkinson is very much more similar to Gronk in fact that he's bigger. Um, I think he's a little bit better blocker. And he's just a monster matchup in the middle just from – he's huge. So you can't really get a hold on him. I think that he would be a great fit for the Bills because his blocking is something that I'm sure Sean McDermott loves. Um, Hard worker. And then he adds that receiving threat. And for my thought process throughout this whole pre-draft buildup is the Bills don't necessarily need a number one receiver because they've got – their slot receiver they've got their speed guy they've got their young developmental guy in robert woods um i think hawkinson can be like robert Zach- foster what well, i said robert woods oh my you god you did well I'm listen sorry. man i miss robert woods too so me let's too i was cough medicine's getting to me um i apologize people at home thank you justin for correcting me uh it's my job it is it's it's your unfortunate job uh so going back to Hawkinson, I think he can be much like the way Zach Ertz is in Philadelphia because while they do have Alshon Jeffrey, they don't target him like a number one and they don't trust him like a number one because his hands aren't that great. But they go to Zach Ertz all the time. That is Carson Wentz's favorite option. And you look at Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City and he loves targeting Travis Kelsey over the middle. And those are two big athletic guys and Hawkinson can fit into that mold. Fant, to a certain extent, can do that as well. So if they do end up taking Fant, I'll be fine with that. Um, I'm really okay pretty much with anything that they do at 9, and we'll get into that later. But Hawkinson's my guy. Um, DK Metcalf's been looked at in a ton of mock drafts. Um, If you follow the Draft Network, they consistently mock DK Metcalf to the Bills, and I don't know how much I love that. It'd be interesting. And then you touched on the offensive linemen. I think that would be a fine move as well. Um, but I'm really okay with whatever they do. And, and there are teams that could make trades ahead of the Bills. They can make trades with the Bills. I know the Jets are looking to get out of three. I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco tries to get out of two. Um, other teams could be Tampa Bay looking to get out, Detroit looking to get out, Jacksonville looking to get out, teams like Washington, Denver, the Bengals looking – to go up and get their quarterback, which could definitely help the Bills. Well, that's the thing. So, like, depends on if these teams move up and grab quarterbacks because, um, I mean, it's no secret. This year's crop of quarterbacks leaves a lot to be desired. Once you get past the top two, um, which now it's like the top one, depending on what team you talk to, um, you know, after Kyler Murray, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a lottery ticket. So right. um, a lot of these guys are going to go way earlier than they should. It's going to remind uh, people of like the Jake Locker year mm. when all of a sudden he became a ten, uh, you know, tenth overall pick. I mean, don't don't be shocked if Drew Locke 
uh, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, and Daniel Jones all go in round one when, let's be honest, maybe two of those guys deserve first-round consideration, but the quarterback position is so um, – <coughs> the quality of play there is so scarce. Did you just die? Um, I coughed when I slapped my iPad. Oh, my God. It sounded like you fainted. <laughs> it's, oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm so worried. allowing me to struggle quite I'm bit, sorry. So sorry, right. I can take the lead, man. Okay. Um, but a couple names I want to throw out there just to be, uh, you know, contrary. Um, Brian Burns from Florida State, yep. when he puts his hand in the ground, he's got a crazy amount of bend um, that you rarely see. And when we talk about bend, we talk about get below, get below the offensive tackles. Um, so when the offensive tackles kick back and try to reach their arms out, if they can't touch you, they can't block you. So um, that's going to be a big thing. Um, he does a great job of that, and I th- his motor is pretty is pretty top notch. And then one of my favorite guys in the draft, Rashawn Gary. Um, now he he might not fit the quote unquote Bills mold mold, but he's one of the best players in the draft. So if he falls to nine. I don't see why they couldn't kick him inside because at defensive tackle, people are making a mistake that, um, you know, they just they think that they need a big guy in the middle to clog up the holes. Harrison Phillips is there and Starla Tuolele is there. And they need Jordan someone Phillips too. and Jordan Phillips too. So they need a guy that can pass rush in the middle. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they drafted Rashawn Gary and they moved him inside because he could generate pressure. When his motor's going, there's no one better. Um but obviously when the motor's going. So that all depends on what they want to do. But I think those two names are definitely something you can watch out for as well. Yeah, I think their top three positions that they'll probably look at are in no particular order, defensive tackle, tight end, defensive end. Yeah, I mean, offensive tackle might be a stretch at this point. Yeah, It might be a stretch at this point just because of the depth of the position and what you can get in in, uh, day two and day three. Right, and I... I think the only offensive lineman that they probably target is Jonah Williams because of the versatility, and we know how much that means to them. Because, say, they draft Jonah Williams and he's a great right tackle. Awesome. Say he's a great left tackle. Awesome. But based on his measurables, which his arms are a little bit shorter, and he's not an elite athlete, but he's one of those guys that just works and works and works, and I think that fits into what they want their team to be and what they want their young players to be. So... I could easily see him sliding into guard and being an all-pro there or a pro bowler perennially. And I think he would be their top offensive line target. But to me, it comes down between Oliver and Hawkinson. And depending on where they end up, uh, maybe one guy falls. Maybe Quentin Williams falls to like five I could or six. They can maybe move up. But I think Oliver and Hawkinson will both be there. And I think... One of those two guys will be the pick at the end of the day. So, um, do we have any sleepers that we want to talk about real quick? In round one? Yeah. Do they qualify as sleepers if they're in round one? I mean, there's always the guy that. Is there at any guy nine? that you think. Well, no, just in general. Oh, in general? I th- I mean, I, I will talk until nauseum about Hakeem Butler. Okay. Um, I've seen like I've seen some crazy comparisons. I don't know what's going on with Kim, Kim Butler. I've never had a prospect. Well, I, I can't say that. It seems like every year I have a receiving prospect that I'm way higher on than everyone else. Yeah. Um. So you know, two years ago it was or Michael sorry, Gallup. yeah, last year was like DJ Moore and Michael Gallup were my two guys, and both of them were considered third and fourth round picks. DJ Moore rose up the. Uh, 
the draft boards. He got picked in the first round, and Michael Gallup still stayed in the second round or third round. So he did pretty good in Dallas. I think he's going to do better this year. Um, this year it's Hakeem Butler, um, and I don't understand what the what the point is. Why people are ranking him so much lower than DK Metcalf um, when Hakeem Butler's stats are just insane. He played in a you know worse system. Uh, than Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss had weapons all over the place, so mm-hmm. DK Metcalf rarely had to face double teams. Hakeem Butler was routinely double teamed and still came up with catches. Um, and you know, there's this there's this consistent thing I'm seeing about his drops. Um, the dude is six five. His catch radius is insane. So if a ball goes off his fingertips, um, there's a chance that every other receiver on the planet couldn't probably touch that ball but since he's six five and his arm span is crazy it's qualified as a drop for him um i watched pretty much all of all iowa state's games just because of how much i loved watching him play um and i didn't see the issues of tracking the ball and and dropping and, and all that stuff so Akeem butler to me is 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 a first round guy that i don't understand why uh he should he should be talked about as a top 10 guy but he's not yeah I would love for the Bills to take him, um, not in the first round, maybe at the end of the first, but maybe day two, which was what we're going to get in, into next in corner number three. Uh, that's where a lot of teams make their money, and I think that I actually just wrote something for buffalodown.com saying that with all the Bills draft capital, I feel like they're going to be big players on day two. Mm-hmm. They have a set, just a second and a third right now. Uh, they have a couple fours, fifths, six, sevenths. Um, they've they've got a lot to play with. They have ten picks, ten picks total, and I think there's a good chance they can move up end of round two back into round one, move their third round pick up into round two, so on and so forth. So I have a couple guys. I like Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Uh, he is probably top fifteen talent if he didn't tear his ACL. He's got some off the field issues. He allegedly punched a woman or woman and was convicted of that. But what do you mean allegedly? And then he was convicted. I misspoke when I said allegedly. <laughs> um, he hit a woman and was convicted. And then he he fits the mold of what the Bills would like to do and get that into pass rush. I know that's huge for the Bills. That's what Kyle Williams did. Uh, that's what. Ed Oliver would do. That's what Quinn and Williams would do. They have their run stuffer in Star Lule, and they need their his running mate essentially. So Jeffrey Simmons is a guy I would look out for. Um, you just talked about Hakeem Butler. There's a couple guys I would like maybe day three, but who else would you expect the Bills to be in on on day two? Um, so I'm. A- a big big believer on on looking at the gaps in the position so um so a guy like ed oliver i believe is just so much higher than the next best defensive tackle um when we talk about tight ends i think the gap between hawkinson and fant and a guy like irv smith and jay sternberger isn't as big as the gap is in the defensive tackle range so that's why i would go with oliver in the first round there um so if they do opt to go oliver in the first round two guys to watch out for especially if you're looking at tight ends are irv smith um out of alabama and a guy like um dalton risner from uh kansas state he can 
plug and play at right tackle. Uh, he'll grow obviously throughout the uh, throughout the season, but um, we talked about this at the beginning. It's all about protecting Josh Allen. So getting those two guys a safety blanket, uh, an Irv Smith or a guy like Dalton Risner to protect his right side um, would be best for the Bills. I think if they go defense in the first round. They, they are going to go offense in the second round just to balance stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know, but if, you know, if you are going to look, if you're going to take somebody like uh, Hawkinson or uh, Jonah Williams at nine, then you look at a guy like Dexter Lawrence at defensive tackle. Uh, he's a high motor guy. He was just, he's just like Jeffrey Simmons. I think uh, Jeffrey Simmons obviously has a higher ceiling than him, but Dexter Lawrence is going to give you 110% every single second. Um, plus he had to compete for playing time. Clemson's defensive line is by the, you know, if you look at this roster um, that won this national championship, there's going to be eight first round picks just on the defensive line. All right, that when they come out, they're going to be first-round picks. So this guy had to compete for playing time, and he was one of their studs. Uh, he was one of their stars, and his motor never turned off, and he gave 110%, and he rushed the passer. So uh, that's a McDermott guy uh, for sure when you look at the defensive tackle position. Yeah, I think it's going to – it's defensive tackle and tight end, I think, will be their two most sought-after positions because we just talked about – it's all about Josh Allen, and getting him a tight end, give him another weapon would be huge. And then defensive line, they're missing that pass rusher that Sean McDermott loves. And they to complete this defense, they need to replace Kyle Williams. Granted, he is not what he once was last year, but getting a younger guy in there, and I don't think Harrison Phillips is going to step in and fill that role quite as well as we all originally hoped but getting that guy could be because we you and i both know that their defensive ends are a little bit weaker uh jerry hughes is 32 going on a contract year trent murphy thus far has been a bust they spent they're spending seven million dollars a year on him and i don't even know how many sacks he got last year he missed most of the season due to injury and then Shaq lawson they haven't even picked up his fifth year option yet so Finding some sort of pass rush is going to be huge huge for this team, and I think it's going to come primarily from the defensive tackle position because if they can collapse, collapse the pocket from the inside out, I think that's going to be allow their defensive ends to get there, and that's going to be huge. So, Well, um, yeah, plus, uh, plus, I mean, what's going to happen in the draft is going to detail what's going to happen in free agency afterwards. Yeah. There's always, I mean, there's a third and fourth wave of free agency uh, after the draft. So, a guy like Ziggy Ansah is still out there, yeah, and I know, and he did, yeah, and he did meet with the Bills. So, um, if there's, you know, because this this draft is loaded with defensive uh, line talent. So, mm-hmm. if a guy doesn't fall to him at defensive end uh, in the second, third, fourth round, they may, you know, they may just call up Ziggy Ansah and give him that one year deal that he's looking for because he's nearing the end of his his uh, his career. Right, and he's about thirty two years old. Yeah, so, so he's so he so he's gonna be a guy that comes in on third downs gets uh get some pass rush in there, situational guy like Julius Peppers was for the Carolina Panthers for quite some time. So, um, yeah, so if the Bills don't come out of this with a pass rushing defensive end, I wouldn't fret if I'm a fan <laughs> just because of what can happen in free agency after that point. Yeah, and definitely if you can get a defensive tackle and maybe entice Anza from signing with another team to coming to Buffalo, you can even trade, like if you know that's going to happen in the back of your mind, you can trade a guy like Shaq Lawson and hopefully get something for him, maybe get 
another fourth or get another third, then you can pick up another player to either replace him or fill another need. Or you can move on from Trent Murphy and save some cap space. So there's a bunch of different avenues they can take. Yeah. So um, we should probably move into day three real quick. That's where the Bills have their most picks. It's the most rounds. It's rounds four through seven. The Bills have seven picks in those three rounds. So, or excuse me, four rounds. And I think that's that they're going to move some of those. But someone like Jalen Hurd to me, wide receiver out of Baylor, is – crazy interesting he's 6'4 he's a former running back at Tennessee he was one of the best running back prospects in the nation and he said I don't want to do this anymore look at the contracts receivers are getting I want to be one of those so he goes to Baylor they let him play and he plays in the slot which is not normal for a guy that's 6'4 but he's still so raw but his movements are very Stevie Johnson-esque whereas he's running routes that don't are that aren't really routes they just are a bunch of movements, and he gets open. So I would not hate at all the Bills bringing in someone like Jalen Hurd if he's available in the fourth or fifth round. Just add some depth. Let him develop for a couple of years, and hopefully he can contribute. And another guy for me is Bryce Love. He seems like a perfect Bills fit. Hard worker, smart, experienced, had production in college. Coming off a torn ACL, you know, he his stock is going to drop. He's taken a ton of carries throughout his college career, and he should be available rounds four through six, I would say. The Bills need to get younger at running back by far. You can what? add what? Yeah, actually, you know, they can probably add some age and some veterans. That'd probably be fine. Yeah. But adding Bryce Love, it gives you that younger guy. He doesn't need to take on the full role, role in his first year. You know, he can still rehab that knee, he can save some miles on his body. And he can learn from a guy like Frank Gore and a guy like Shady, where he's a little bit of a combination of both, where he's bigger but not as shifty, but he's still he's still a pretty good running back. So those are my two guys that I would love to add to the team. I know you've probably got a huge list of guys, and why? Yeah, I'll why don't you I'll tell us back. them that now? I'll dial back a little bit. Uh, so first for offensive tackle, I have two guys. I have Bobby Evans from Oklahoma Bobby. and I have Isaiah Prince, uh, from Ohio state. Both guys are, um, you know, big athletic guys that need work on their technique. They're like a year or two away, but that's what round three uh, or day three is all about is taking chances on guys and hoping that your coaching can, um, you know, coaching staff can build them up. So those are definitely guys who can contribute a year or two away. Um, Isaiah Prince was inconsistent on film. He was underachieving. Uh, he's a three year starter though. And they love them. Those, those, multi-year starters and mm. and bob and bobby evans was very successful in college he got the block for kyler and uh baker mayfield so uh but like i said he's like he's he's a tech technical issue guy that needs a year or two is, uh, it, for is the restaurant chain named after him no no okay. that's that's bob evans um that is his what? uncle okay my bad all right so yep so uh at tight end there's two guys that really intrigue me as is day three guys uh Elise Mack from Notre Dame. He's he's a 6'4 guy, red zone, um, red zone target. He's not going to be he's not going to be a blocker for you or anything like that. He's, he's he's a big body guy, like Mercedes Lewis was for the Jaguars at towards the end of his career. Mm. Um, you know they used him in the red zone. He'll get 16 catches and he'll have you know five of those as touchdowns. Um, and then there's Josh Oliver from. Uh, San Jose State, and he really intrigues me because he's got the measurables and size of Tyler Eifert. Um, 
yeah, he's a receiving tight end. He's pretty pretty much think of every Cincinnati Bengals tight end, and this is the guy. Okay, so, Tyler Croft. Yeah, so no, but he's a receiving tight end. Mm. Um, but I when I watched his film, like passes were just so inconsistent. Um, I mean, he would get open, it just wouldn't be found, and he had a god awful, terrible um, supporting cast. So. I'm interested to see if you put him on an NFL roster. I think, you know, in a couple years he could be a starter somewhere. Um, who's the wide receiver from Notre Dame before we move on to quarter number Oh, four? God. Oh, yeah, we won't be able to touch him. He's Miles Boykin. Yes. Um, he is. He's he blew gonna, up the combine. Know, yeah, he blew up the combine. He was looked at as a round four or five guy. Um Right now, I'm seeing mocks of him getting picked in the hundreds, but don't be shocked when he gets picked in the top 64 picks yeah. just because of his size. And he's Kenny Galladay um, 2.0 is mm-hmm. what I see. Uh, and Kenny Galladay's success in Detroit, granted, it was inconsistent, but he had two or three games where he looked unguardable. Um, he was against the Bills. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a freak, man. He's a freak. So yeah, Miles Boykin does a really good job of getting separation, especially for a big guy. He's you know he's very fast, but um, a lot of these guys in this draft have a hard time of getting separation, especially if you're a big guy. You kind of just use your body to basketball play. You know, Hakeem, Hakeem Butler does that, um, but Miles Boykin on his breaks, man, they're they're crisp and he gets open. So I think he gets picked. Um, I would be shocked if he makes it out of the third round. So I don't think he makes it to day three, but he's definitely a guy that. Um, if the Bills pick him, I'd be all for it because he's Hakeem Butler, like the light version. You yeah. know, not 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 as good, but um, he gets the job done. Where do you think Tyree Jackson goes? Tyree Jackson is, um, but like we talked about, man, with quarterbacks, they're so so interesting. Um, when I, I when I, I, I first he's going round three, yeah. So when I first met him, uh, he was sure because uh, mutual friend, whatever. Um, when I met him, he was for sure thinking he was going to go round two, round one. Um, now, from what I understand, he's been getting told that he's going to go round two. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but when you run a four, five, six, um, you're six and seven. you're six seven, and you're two fifty, John Elway's going to find you. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. And John Elway could take him at forty. I think they have pick forty or something like that. Um, or you know you can get taken by a team that needs a you know a flyer on a quarterback like a, a Carolina Panthers where Cam Newton is you know banged up all the time and you want someone comparable to him. So I wouldn't be shocked if he goes around two. But like you said, I think I think he's more of a round three guy. I would be surprised if he makes it to day three. Yeah, I agree. So we just blew through the end of quarter number three. Um, cool. I blame that on you, though. So that's on me. Well, you asked Ty- Tyree, man. Well, the people have a right to know. That's true. Yes. So quarter number four is just going to be, what do we think the Bills should do? And do you want me to start? Do you want to start? Go ahead. You're, you're going to talk about Ty- Hawkinson. I might as well go to sleep. Okay. Well, that's not very nice. Uh, I do want Hawkinson, but I kind of touched this on this on this earlier. I would be okay with almost anything that they did if they went in there and they moved up and they took let's say Quinn Williams at five I'd be like okay I'm down if they traded back to 15 and Hawkinson was there I would love that if they stayed at nine they took Ed Oliver 
I would love that too. I mean, I, I, I can't remember a draft where I didn't really care what the Bills did, and it's a weird feeling. Like it's Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott in the front office, as we touched on, you know, in quarter number one in the free agency recap. They did a great job of addressing needs and filling holes and getting starting caliber guys, and I think that's super important. And it opens up so much for the draft. It makes them a little bit unpredictable. So it might help them in the fact that teams want to get in front of them and pick a guy. It could push talent down to them. It could allow them to move back, which in then turn makes more draft capital and they can do more stuff later in the draft. So I think they, I would like them to trade back personally. I think the quarterback run is going to happen. It happens every year. Last year there were five in the first, what, ten picks? Or four mm-hmm. in the first ten picks. I think Daniel Jones is going to rise up Real quick this week, you can see him at number six, which you predicted in our first mock draft for buffalodown.com. And now there's a lot of people out there that are starting to predict that. So credit to Justin Bauman for having that first. But I think that they should trade back and get more picks and then just take whoever falls in them. Joan, I'd say the order of players that I want, it goes Hawkinson, 1A, Oliver 1B, Jonah Williams 2. So that's who that's what I would like them to do. How about you, Justin? Uh, I'm a big believer in um, acquire as many lottery tickets as possible. So if they get someone who falls in love with a pass rusher or falls in love with a linebacker and moves back to, to pick 20, uh, I think that's the perfect scenario for me. I love me some Ed Oliver. But like I said, this class is so deep when it comes to defense line talent that you can grab two or three guys to fill holes. Um, in a perfect world, the Steelers come up and say, hey, listen, we want to give you two firsts in a third or a second uh, this year um, because they want to trade up for either White or Devin Bush um, at nine. Uh, I would jump on that in a heartbeat, and I would take Hakeem Butler at 20. Like mm-hmm, I said, man, I mm-hmm, think Hakeem mm-hmm. Butler is a – a top 10 guy for me. So um, I'm hoping the bills see it that way. I know Hakeem Butler did not come in on a visit. So um, also another name that we haven't thrown around yet, but I, but I think there is something there um, is Marquise Brown. Uh, Hmm. So Marquise Brown hasn't been getting the pub that he probably deserves just because he's been banged up and he hasn't been able to run. If he was at the combine, he would have become a household name because he looks like he plays in fast forward when everyone else is playing in regular speed. So uh, when I say Tyreek Hill, I mean Tyreek Hill fast. He's not Tyreek Hill off the off the field in any way. Uh, he is Tyreek Hill fast. But and, do, you, do you think that the Bills would target another speed receiver? Because they have Robert Foster who runs a 4-4. Mm-hmm. They have John Brown that runs 4-3. Uh, Zay Jones runs probably a 4-5. They've got Isaiah McKenzie who probably runs a 4-4. Like, do you think that – because that's what Brown's big thing is, is his speed. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they would go out and just get another speed receiver when they have a guy like Robert Foster who's taller and still similar speed? Okay, let me let me throw two things at you. Okay. One, one, if you had an unlimited amount of money, how many cars would you have? Um. Well, how big is my garage? Uh, ten car garage. Ooh. Would you have multiple cars? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. 
All right. If you well, have I would, I would want different kinds of cars. Okay, I, I understand <laughs> that. I think the Robert Foster being a four four forty thing uh, really doesn't suit what he actually is. Like he seems to be a big possession receiver yeah. with some speed, right? So yeah. um, he wouldn't be like a Marquise Brown type guy. I know you're comparing John Brown to him. Yeah. Um, Marquise, yeah, Marquise Brown, uh, his route tree is phenomenal. And that's something, you know, when you see when you see someone that runs a 4-2 or 4-3, you think automatically, oh, John Ross. All he can do is run a 9 or run a post or run a corner. Like, no, man, he makes these cuts. He runs in routes. He runs slants. And he takes them to the house almost every time he touches the ball. Um, plus, the last thing I want to see is the Patriots trade up and get this guy. Um, so, in a perfect world, we draft – a Marquise Brown, a Marquise Brown, or Hakeem Butler at, at twenty. Um, and I mean, when you have a quarterback who prides himself on how far he can throw the ball, why not get three guys that are just faster than everyone else on the field and have them fight for the touchdown? Well, you know, yeah. And you've made me come around. I used to be a big Enkeel Harry guy, and I think the Enkeel Harry is something the Bills actually do really like. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if. Pick number forty comes up and it's Nikhil Harry and he is he's similar to Hakeem Butler in some aspects. I mean they're both big physical guys. Harry's hands are not as good and his catch radius isn't as good, but I think he's probably a little bit maybe a little bit more elusive. Yeah, yeah well that's that's the thing is Hakeem Butler is six five and he's he's huge too. Yeah. So there's really. I mean, comparing him to anyone is not not fair to these guys. Like, well, he, they, there's oh, a there's almost a foot difference between Hakeem Butler and Marquise Brown. They're like right. different, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so Nikhil Harry six two, uh, Hakeem Butler six five. So there's a big. I mean, there's a big difference there. Yeah, but and I, I mean, I think the Bills would probably like that big possession receiver, and I don't think DK Metcalf's that. I think he is the burner. So if you want the the tall, fast hulking burner you go get dk metcalf but i for whatever reason i don't think that that's going to be the move i think it, if they draft someone it's going to be a guy like Enkeel harry or hakeem butler guys that can not only win on the outside but they went over the middle too and you don't really see that out of a guy like dk metcalf you see hakeem butler and Enkeel harry consistently go over the middle make leaping plays and then get hit or you see them catch a ball have two defensive backs draped all over them and then they shake them and then take it for 40 yards to the house. Cause they have that, yeah. they, they have that physicality, but they have that breakaway speed too. So for me, give me that over the big guy that just runs fast. Yeah. And people are, are billing DK Metcalf as an athlete quality of like Julio Jones, but um, he's very stiff and that's something that's going to be very hard for him to deal with. I mean, he gets pressed at the line, uh, being his size, he should have no problem getting off the press. Um, but he does have quite a bit of problems with that. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I, like, I don't know, man. If they take DK Metcalf at nine, I might have to swear off my uh, Bills allegiance. Um, just because of just the quality of receiver that's out there, and whatever team gets those two guys and Hakeem Butler and Marquise Brown are going to use them and probably abuse the Bills with them and um, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But in a perfect world. The Bills trade back with somebody who, you know, either Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, or um, hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. get back to get back to twenty and accumulate picks, man. Yeah, I, 
you and I are definitely on the same page as that, and you're still going to get a good player at 20 like we just talked about. You could get a really good receiver, your number one receiver. Um, that's why I've been so high on Hawkinson or Fant in your case because of the ability to kill two birds with one stone. You're going to help out the run game, help out the pass game in some scenarios, but you're also going to add a, mi- a mismatch weapon. And one thing I forgot to talk about was the type of system that Brian Dable likes to run, and that's the same as the New England Patriots, and they're very predicated on their slot receivers. They have one or two guys on the outside that can burn you, and then they love their tight ends. So adding a tight end, I think, is something that's definitely going to happen. I think it's going to happen early, and we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm I'm pretty much going to be happy with whatever they do. It's They're going to add talent. They have tons of picks, and I think they've done a great job of overhauling the roster, and I'm Really impressed by what they've done, and I'm really excited to see what happens next week. And we don't, it's so nice not to be stressed out by what quarterback they're going to pick or are they going to take a running back, are they going to take a corner. Like, no, they're going to take best player available, which is something that they should consistently do, and I'm, I'm here for that. Yes, sir. So that it that is it for us. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We're towards 45 minutes on this podcast we had a lot to go through um we're hoping that we're going to give you guys some more content and after the draft we'll break things down for you guys and be on the lookout for our final mock draft we've got we're working on it right now there's a lot of trades there's a lot of different scenarios going on and we think it's going to be pretty cool so please check us out buffalodown.com for Justin Bauman I'm Stephen McCarthy thank you for listening we look forward to hearing from you guys next time please subscribe please rate us and if you have anything to say please let us know Uh, thank you Justin anything to say Ed Oliver baby Ed Oliver and his horse Oreo go Bills